Okay, well, welcome everybody to episode 33. Today is Friday, April the 16th, in case you're not keeping track. Um, episode 33, live from my drum room with my very good friend and guest today, Ash Sohn. Um, it's going to be fun. Ash and I just were chatting a few minutes ago. He's in the waiting room, in the green room, as we call it, um, enjoying the snacks that I have there for him. It's actually six o'clock in the UK, so he's maybe even having a, a glass of wine, possibly. Neil Porter! Neil, good to see you. Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary Neil Porter from Grand Theft Audio in the house. Um, it's good to see so many folks watching. This is great. Um, I, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in today, of course, and uh, for tuning in last Sunday with Liberty DeVito and myself. That was a, a really fun chat. Um, I've actually had time to go back and watch that one. And I really, I, I don't always get to do that. And, uh, and that was great. So actually, you know what? I'm going to put my earbud in here. Hopefully this is still going to work. Um, so thank you for tuning in. Quick update on YouTube. 714 subscribers as of today. Unbelievable. Um, got another phone call from the president of YouTube congratulating me for so many subscribers. Said that he's never seen anyone get this many YouTube subscribers. I, apparently, I have the most subscribers to my channel than anyone in the world, with 714. And uh, it's it's just great to get that kind of personal attention from you know the head of YouTube, the CEO or president, whatever he is. So that's great. Uh, let's keep those numbers going, though. I, I want to get to a thousand. Uh, let's see what else can I tell you coming up. Next Sunday, the 25th of April, Todd Sukerman, drummer for Styx and drummer extraordinaire, will be joining me. That's going to be a great one. Todd's an old friend. Um, I'm sure you drummers here on Facebook know who Todd is. He, he has an amazing presence. He's an amazing player and uh, a heck of a nice guy, too. So I'm looking forward to having Todd. And the following Wednesday after that, the 28th of April, I'm going to have none other than Stan and Jerry Kiawa of Pro Drum Shop Hollywood. That episode, fasten your seatbelts for that one, because I'm probably going to be able to sell that episode to like Comedy Central or HBO Comedy or something, because they're two of the funniest guys I've ever met. Um, and it'll be very informative because they own Pro Drum Shop, which has been in business since 1959. So, um, I'm excited about that. So Stan and Jerry Kiawa on the 28th, Todd Sukerman next Sunday, the 25th. And uh, today, right now, without further ado, I'm going to bring on Ashley Soon. So please give him a big round of applause. <laughs> ah, there he is. With hey, his... Ash, good to see you, man. I was just going to say with your, with your, um, quarantine stash and all i love no i mean I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm not the only one you know that's no you're not there's a sort of selection of hairy men around the world you know <laughs> it looks great though you know i'm, I'm used to seeing you with the, you know you've, you've always had the very stylish kind of light beard you know the very um george clooney kind of look or <laughs> but that's that's like that's like another level of, of oh this uh, this is it's it's mainly laziness 
if I'm honest, <laughs> sort of lockdown laziness. But um, yeah, lockdown, I kind of yeah. the first lockdown, I went for it, and um, and then of course I've not I've not seen any humans really, except for my my wife and children, and it's like. <laughs> Um, you forget that you know you look like some man in the wilderness, but uh, it's sort of grown on me, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I just have to comment. Eric matched seven hundred sixteen subscribers now. Well, I've I just want oh, to yeah. say I've, I've picked up two more subscribers in the last little bit, so I'm very happy about that. Congratulations! I'm looking down here, like you like you suggested. I'm looking at um, the the comments too. Oh, great, great, great. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I have maybe the most tech savvy uh, guest I've ever had on this show, or certainly one of them. So I'm, I'm excited that Ash is probably going to see some of the questions that I tend to not see. And then later on, after, after I sort of look through it, I go, oh, that was a great question. I wish I'd seen it, you know. So anyway, yeah. All good. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Lee Mullen just made a comment, said, uh, that was well groomed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're dis we're disappearing into chaos. You know, I, I was thinking I, I didn't I didn't say this earlier, but I, but I, I not that I needed to when we were testing the the uh, the signal. But I was thinking when we met for the first time, I had known your name for a long time, but I don't think we met in person until at one of the London artist sessions. I was I was. For those of you that uh, are just tuning in and don't know this, I used to work for Zildjian. They make cymbals for drummers, go on the cymbal stands. And uh, Ash is a Zildjian endorser. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's my attempted humor today um, <laughs> with my dry throat. But I think we met at one of the artist sessions um, 10 or 12 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Tina had spoken about you for for many years, and maybe maybe you just could never make it to one, or maybe I, this is it. I never, I was always working, and I, and I yeah. never really managed to get to the sessions. I always wanted to, um, and I just never managed to do it. And then I remember you saying, like, "How come we've never met?" And it's yeah. like I had actually done home, you, you know, because I've been with Zildjian now. I think it's it's twenty six years now. So like wow. we, had, we had plenty of time to meet, but we never did. And actually, that time that I came to the factory, that's the one and only time I've, I've managed to to get there uh, and see your very groovy office. And then uh, <laughs> and then yeah, then you weren't there for very long after that, which is really disappointing. We yeah. we hooked up and then and then things I know. changed. I know. I know. I know. I, me too, buddy. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and and we've gotten together in London, you know, a few times yeah. in the, in the meantime, which has been great. And yeah, and, and and at the Nam show a couple of years ago, which was fun. Yeah, got a that was you know, and and I think you you started to make that kind of a regular. Well, I know this past year it didn't happen, but you've started to make that sort of a tradition too to come over for Nam. Yeah, I've really enjoyed that time. And then uh, so twenty twenty, I went. Um, and there's all there's still this whole speculation we'll never none of us will really ever know yeah. but you know there's this speculation that 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 covid was actually at at nam that you know that that uh, that january um, yeah and you know it's interesting talking to people in hindsight and then and then all the stories start coming oh yeah you know because there's that thing they call it nam tracks don't right. they? everybody yeah. gets ill at nam because there's so many hand there's so many handshakes <sighs> blah 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 anyway that you know lots of sort of bugs get passed around um 
but yeah, all the stories coming through afterwards, like, you know what, I'm pre- and, I, and I'm actually pretty sure I had it, that I was out of it for about five weeks when I got back. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Which, which I at first put down to being a little bit older and staying up all night with the likes of Joe Tester, et cetera, <laughs> um, <laughs> and Stanton Moore and all that. Sort of, and I just thought, yeah, it's taken me a little while to get back into the swing of being back in, at home. But it was it was definitely about five weeks. I, I couldn't sleep great. It felt yeah, like sort yeah. of permanent jet lag for about five weeks. Um, and then it all started coming out. Oh, this this thing was around. You know, uh, it's interesting when you when you start talking to people. There's a lot of people that think it was in Los Angeles in January. Yeah, I, I think so. I wasn't. I, that was the first show that I didn't go to in since like 1984. Yeah. Um, quick story is my wife and I had planned to go to Paris. Yeah. During that during that time. And about two weeks before, I don't know if you remember, there was some uh, terrorist something in Europe. And we got a little freaked out about it as Americans traveling and and we were able to cancel our trip. And then. I thought for a minute, well, gee, I could go to Nam now, but then I thought, no, but then I, but then I, then I couldn't, but then I don't need to, you know, and I didn't. Yeah. And and it was probably better because I think you're right. I think I remember talking to Joe and some other people who, yeah. uh, Ron Danette, who who, I, you know, I stay in touch with. Yeah. Um, felt very strongly that it was there yeah. a year ago, as you say. And then I I got really sick. Funnily enough, not being at the Nam show, but the f- beginning of February, I had this terrible thing that hit me like full blown at a gig on a Friday night at a private gig we were doing. I had to go and actually, yeah. Yeah. I had to, I had to go and throw up in between sets, like, and come back and play the second set. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, and then I was down for like about five or six days after that. But um, I'll bet you did Ash. I'll bet you had it. It seems like it or some variant of it. It's interesting, you know, and then you start talking to people and you know, there's stories cropping up everywhere now, you know, yeah, yeah. from everybody that was there. And you know, it's such a sociable um, event. You know, people are right. so much hugging and hanging out. It's like it's absolute nightmare. Really. It's, it's unavoidable. I know, I know. And you know, I'll tell you, I started to get Nanthrax. I n- I never used to get it. I used to get a little bit of it um, yeah. way way back when. But then I feel like the last ten or 15 years I was getting it and it, it, I was trying harder to be more sanitary, you know, washing my hands, trying not to shake as many hands and hug as many people. But yet I think it became like the, there's whatever virus or viruses were floating around at that show became so sort of prevalent. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting that you point that out because, and it, and it seemed like it was harder to shake it. Like I'd come back from it, and I'd have Kelly, you know, she's like, you, you know, don't get near me, you know, and it would take like a week or something. But it seemed like as as the years went by, it would it would maybe because I was getting older, it would just stay longer too. Which that's is, what I that's what I put it that. I just thought, yeah. you know, jet lag, it never gets any easier, does it? You know, and I thought yeah. this, this is quite a heavy, very heavy version of, of lag. Um, just really awful. I, I couldn't I couldn't do anything. Um, and then it then it became apparent that there's something going down, and it's yeah, what a bonkers! And here we yeah. are, over a year later. You know, it's like what? A, I mean, you can't you, you couldn't really make it up. It's uh, I know what, what yeah. a year. You know, 
but you have managed, you know, you're amongst a, a small number of people that I know anyway, that have managed to really sort of, you know, make lemonade out of, out of lemons, you know, as we say in the States, you know, and, and, you know, you're working and you're staying busy and I, you know, I can see, um, I know you're getting a good amount of session work that you're able to do from your home studio and yeah. Um, that's great. That's really it's, great. It's been uh, so I, you know, I did the voice uh, for about seven years. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a couple of years ago, I decided the studio was starting to get more and more kind of more and more sort of profile sessions and and things. It was like a, a moment of change that I either jumped on or let go. And, and I thought if I put my foot on the gas for the studio now, maybe it'll be a really it'll go and it'll be a really positive thing for me, you know? Um, so I left the voice. So a lot of people have said, you're crazy. Are you crazy? That's like, you know, it's a very well-paid gig. It's a wreck for yeah. musicians. It's a, re- a regular gig, uh, which, you know, that's one of the, the toughest things for musicians is it's so up and down. Um, but it was a guaranteed regular gig. Um, but I thought I've got to, I've got to give this little place, a, um, a try, you know, uh, and I, so I left a couple of years ago and then, and then COVID happened. So I, I was well and truly set up for it yeah. for when people were ready to, to start working, uh, when, you know, after the, the initial sort of shell shock of, of, uh, COVID hitting eventually artists and, and producers and writers thought, well, we're not going anywhere. Let's, we've got to, we've got to try and do our thing somehow. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've been very, very fortunate to, to pick up. That's some- great. I, you know, and I didn't, I, I, because we hadn't, you know, I, we hadn't worked together in the, in the context of us working together, like we were, I didn't realize that you, you know, I, I didn't really know what the situation was with the voice in, in terms of, I didn't realize you had just decided to just give it a go yeah. really to, to push the studio. What a, gr- what a great intuitive um, idea to do that. And, and, and ballsy too, to, to like well, take that. Uh- it was yes. a definite, uh, it took me a while uh, it was like a year a year decision really for me to sort of shall i do this because financially it was it was very very good very very yeah. good the guys okay. the guys are still doing it the band, the band that i was in the, the, all the guys are there um still and you know they're probably the only musicians that have had no real hiccup in the last year because the show's just carried on They've had yep. the restrictions and masks and and vaccinations, etc. They've had to go through all that. There's no audience now, um, right? But they've had a gig, uh, so yeah, it was a, it was a hard decision, but I thought I've got to do it, you know. And, I, and I'm 52 this year, uh, and I was thinking, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't it be great if I could set this place up and just approach 60 in a gentle way and just work <laughs> and, and, and spend more time with my family, which is a, is a biggie, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah. I just went for it. I, I uh, yeah. And, I, and I'm very, very thankful that it's, sort of, it's worked out and, and hopefully um, it'll just keep chipping along. And if I'm not working for on a project or for someone, I'm, I'm trying to be creative in it and making music of my own and, and, Etc. You know. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I have to say, I mean, I, I follow all your different channels, and, and uh, the, the, the music that you make just on your own is just so, you know, inspirational as a drummer. You know, and you've, and it, I, I, it segues to, um, DiCarlo Ohm, 
is, is making a note that he, I guess he met you. I think this is where I met to Carlo was at Frankfurt music mess, 2011. So 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I remember you were playing Yamaha at the time, actually. Yes. Yeah. And you were doing demonstrations in the booth every day. Yeah. And that was the first opportunity I'd actually been able to see you, you know, play live. And I don't know if you remember this, but I was, I think I came to every morning yeah, performance. Say, yeah. I think it was you were there every day. Joe came pretty much every day, as did Paul Francis. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd, and maybe I'd, Tina, yeah, posse of sort of, of uh, you know, my fantastic sort of super fans. It was it was great um, to 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 feel the support from you guys. I have to say, you know, because that was well, my first sort of outing is to to do any. I hadn't really done any clinics before that. I remember before. that, yeah, yeah. So and I was, I was I, like, this was new. I remember, I remember some of the things you said to me actually. Um, I hope they weren't was, bad. No, no. <laughs> one, of, one of them was, uh, you know, because I because I, I started to get, I think, you know, Yamaha realized, oh, this is, again, there's a guy that's come up that can do these things. People seem to be interested in what he's doing, et cetera. And um, I remember you saying, whatever you do, don't join the circus. <laughs> and I was like, and honestly, it stuck with me because I remember thinking that's actually really a very wise moment there that I should take note of. Wow. Uh, and I mean, I think what you were getting at was it's very easy to all of a sudden you're doing every single clinic possible and you're doing your thing. And then it's like, but and before you know it, that's what you are. And it's like, yeah. I very much, I really enjoy those things. Um, and I still do. And I, and I enjoy the educational side of drumming a little bit. Uh, not that I'm, massively qualified to teach or anything like that but uh i can i i enjoy imparting a little bit of knowledge that i've got um but i for i, I definitely don't want to fully dive into that that whole yeah. world you know i like putting my foot in and coming out it's it's fab um you know the variety of it and 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 actually you know hanging out with people that are like like-minded that's the bit i like you know? yeah yeah you know well i i i I, I I I vaguely remember that now that you say that, but I, when you said I remember what you told me, I was like, oh boy, I hope I didn't say something really foolish. But yeah, and, and I and I, I just felt like I, I was so we all were not just me, but we were all so. I mean, I'd heard great things about you, and I knew you'd had some big gigs with Delamitri and Squeeze, and and you know you were doing sessions at that time, and and I in fact I remember at a yard at the when when we met at the Zildjian artist session. Yeah. You know, Yard was singing your praises and, you know, Yard's kind of like he's got, you know, John, you know, Ash is a serious chap, you know, serious guy. Like, you know, you, <laughs> oh, you, you've got to get to know him. But um, but after seeing you play, I was so floored and, I'm, and, and I just felt like there, you know, there's there's definitely going to be a lot of opportunities um, because people are people are seeing you now doing yeah. what you do. And and uh, and. I think it was just a way to just kind of say, do what you're doing, you know, like as a, as a player and, and yeah. 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 It was, it was from that. I remember you saying don't, cause I think what was uh, slightly different, I, you know, I didn't have like a, a show prepared. I didn't have any, and, and, and chop, you know, chop wise, I'm not really that, that guy. And I, and I was basically playing songs. I think if, if you remember, yeah. Right. Yep. I was just, 
grooves and talking about grooves and playing songs. And I think really what you were saying was stick to that, you know, uh, don't get into a whole, the other realm really that you could easily get into and probably have like a two year lifespan going around the planet. doing, doing <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So it was definitely noted and, and I'm really glad. And I still, you know, I still love doing them. It's um, yeah. And it, that that's very special that time for me that actually, you know, it was really, it was really great that, that year. Um, that was, and I, I yeah. was just thinking too, when you, when, when you mentioned being out too late with Joe Testa, um, you know, at the NAMM show, did you, there was a night that a bunch of us went out that year at Frankfurt um, to a dinner at an Italian restaurant. Uh, gosh, it was a cab ride away. I don't know if you were with us. I, I myself and Joe and Paul Francis and yeah. Um, I, I, you might not have been, you, you might not have been with us that night, but it was, and Mike Dolbear was also with us. Right. And this was, I won't get into the details, but if Mike is watching this, <clears throat> Paul had a couple of glasses of wine and he challenged Mike to a push up contest. So, oh, oh no, I, I can't you heard this story. I said, no, I, carry on. I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Mike is, Mike is like built like a, yeah. You know, yeah. He's, strong boy so he'd yeah he'd had enough and we were we were sitting it was a beautiful night it was like a beautiful spring night in frankfurt so we were, we were eating outdoors and it was really nice and mild and and so there's like a patio about 10 or 15 feet away so mike had, had enough and he said all right come on let's go and they went over and did a push-up contest and paul kind of hung with him for about four or five push-ups and then started to get tired and Mike did about 20 more, you know, like he was just like, have you had enough? You know, it was hilarious. We, we were just, and we, we, and the point to all this is we drank many bottles of, of uh, really good Italian Amarone wine. Yeah. And, and so we were, none of us were feeling any pain and I, and, and I paid for it the next day. So I wondered if it was one of those situations. In fact, I will just tell you this quick, funny story. It was either the day before Steve Gadd's birthday, or it might have been Steve's. We we called, and and wished him a happy birthday from the dinner table, and I on his voicemail got his his um, voicemail, and I left a message for him. So, the middle of the night, he calls me back, and I'm asleep in my hotel room, and I answer the phone. I see it's him, and I answer the phone, and he he's laughing, and he said, "Where where are you?" I said, "I'm in Frankfurt," and he said. Sounds like you guys are having a good time. And, he, and then he said, <laughs> in fact, he said, are you still, you know, are you, are you still sloshed or something like that? I said, I think I might be. He's, he starts laughing. He said, call me tomorrow. He said, get some sleep and call me tomorrow. Which is was that kind of night anyway. <laughs> I, I also remember it must, it must have been sort of the birthday, um, the birthday week, because I remember, I definitely remember we were at another dinner. And I think it was Rick Morata's birthday or Jerry. Mm. I can't remember. But again, Testa called and we're at the table and the phone gets passed around <laughs> and people <laughs> wishing. I think I think it might have been Rick's birthday. Yeah. Uh, Bonkers, yeah. Bonkers times. And, you know, I mean, that's, you know, sorry to go back to COVID again, but you think about we took all of that stuff for granted and now, you know, it's so when it comes back, I mean, it's it's. I hope those things happen again and, and it'll be, you know, what an amazing moment again to be able to hang out at a dinner table shoulder to shoulder. I know. I and know. Do I, in the bar with, 
with the gold there. You know. <laughs> Uh, you would you could never get me i i could i could maybe hang with him for five push-ups but then forget it <laughs> oh that's funny yeah mike's a good dude man he's he's he he's certainly good, is yeah yeah uh, he doesn't um, drink as well which is probably why he can out push up most of us that's right yeah that's right he's he's that's right he's mr clean so he's always got a laser focus yeah fizzy water and uh and press ups only <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I too, I'm looking forward to to um, that you know those days. Hopefully, sooner than later, when we can get back to doing things like that, just uh, we never even thought about, like you say, having a dinner with a bunch of friends and and, and having I mean, some laughs, you know. Yeah, I mean, a restaurant would be good, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I was going to say we've not we've Kelly and I have not been to a restaurant since before lockdown. We've done takeout but we we've yeah. i mean people and, and 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 no criticism to anyone who who goes to restaurants but we're just not comfortable in a enclosed area where the you know uh, well quite right yeah. i mean that's exactly yeah. how it's passed on I mean, in, in this country yeah. the restaurants now have opened up again actually this week um but it's it's outside that dining only there's there's, there's yeah. no outside um uh, and some of the pubs outside again, food and and drink outside only. Um, but yeah, that whole you know you think back to all the well gigs. I mean, oh, I know, yeah, the sweatiness, the people. I mean, it seems like a sort of fantasy now. Yeah, you know those things that we used to just hang out shouting across the trying to get <laughs> trying to get served when the bands on and you know. <laughs> I mean, the, all that stuff. I mean, I, I don't know. know. It's, 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 it's like science fiction, you know. It really is. I know, especially like, I, you know, I, the, the places that we would play at were these, uh, you know, they were, they were absolutely the most conducive to spreading a virus. I, and I don't say that lightly and I don't say that, you know, cheeky. I mean, it's, it's I, I think about, I, I just hope that we're able to return to playing some of these places where, yeah. Um, they were small and everybody was packed together, but yeah. um, I, I don't know if they're going to have to change how things are going to be. I mean, maybe, presumably, I guess, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. Um, well, I, I see there's a question from Brian Keeling. Yeah. That's that's he's asking if you engineer your own tracks there at the windmill or does he have his own engineer mixer uh, when he does remote track videos? That's a great that's a great question. Yes, I do engineer everything. Um, and that's, that's actually the bit that I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of most passionate about in some respects, you know, it, I'm hugely passionate about the drums and, and I, and I've played for years, but when I got the recording bug, the whole, mm -hmm. the whole journey of that, and I'm still on it. And, and those tracks that you mentioned that you, that uh, I'm glad you like, John, because I'm experimenting. I'm experimenting yeah. with sounds and with and some of the feels that I'm hearing. That, um, uh, but yes, I engineer everything myself. Um, and in fact, uh, Trevor Horn, I work with. You know, I've worked with in the past at his studio, and there's always a plethora of guys around to to help. Um, and the first session I did here for Trevor, he said, uh, "So, um, who who puts sets the mics up?" And I'm like, "I do it, Trevor." And, it, and it, it, you could tell it. Took him a little while to to process <laughs> that the drummer is, is putting microphones on his own kit, 
and then set in the gain on the preamp. And then I did another session for him, and he asked me the same thing because he's still trying to comprehend: is this <laughs> actually is this actually happening? You know, and and I think I, I there was a great um, podcast which sadly isn't um, available anymore, but it was a podcast with Steve Jordan actually. And um, one of the things he talked about was the guy asked him, "Why did you get into engineering?" Because Steve's a fantastic engi- engineer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well as a drummer, There's similar um, reasons, really, because he said he would he would set the drums up in the studio, and often he would go back, he'd do a take, and go back into the room like we do, sit down, and I didn't, and I didn't mean them to sound like that. And he would get more and more disappointed with the way that the sound was coming back at him. Yeah from the sound that he's got in his head. So he, he basically got it. He got into engineering so he could deliver the sound that he's actually hearing. Um, and that's one of the best things about it is that, you know, you've got, I'm forever trying to hunt for the sound that's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's exciting and, and, uh, and never ending really that, that whole journey of like, okay, well, what about this, this sound? And, and then that, that ties in with work when people will say, they'll reference a track or they'll reference um, a kit sound. And then you've got to try and fi- recreate that. I love it. I that's, really that's, love that's it. awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, and, and what an incredible sound you have, you know, and, 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 uh, and I'm sure people in many, not that they're not hiring you for your, your groove and your feel, but I'll bet in a lot of cases they're, they're looking for a sound as well, right? They're looking, they, they'll, they'll, like you say, they'll reference the track and go, I want that snare drum or I, I want that. Yeah. You know, that sound I mean, you had. Yeah. People, you know, like, I guess the old blueprint was drummers were hired because their feel and their, uh, and their touch and their approach to songs and, and you could, and the, the producer would talk to them about, those aspects, uh, the groove right. and the feel and the, and the structure, they would never go, uh, do you think that that snare drum needs a bit more compression length? Mm-hmm. And now these, these conversations are being had. I'm, I'm, people are chatting to me and going, we really like that fat snare, but we want it to be a bit more natural sounding, for instance, or, or we love what you're doing with the, the, the high snare and and so it's really interesting that those conversations are now being had. But I'm not the only one. It's happening all all around the world, you know. But it's but it's <clears throat> excuse me. But it's because they can speak that language with you that probably they can't speak with a lot of drummers. All right. I mean, it's because you're an engineer. They can they know that you can find that that means. Well, you you can find the 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 means to the to the end result of what they're asking you for, right? Versus if they said to me, "I like that snare drum," but they probably knew would know they couldn't they wouldn't know how to get me to change the sound to what they want if that makes sense right in the I mean, old days in the old days it would be oh can you stick a towel on it can you stick some yeah. tape on it and then all these, these are the things that that's that's what we were uh not restricted but that's that's all we could do as drummers was to literally change the sound of the, the acoustic drums but now this is the bit that i've embraced fully is 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 trying to get sounds for people and now often i get i get sessions and people will reference a social media post that i've done and go can we get this kick sound and, yeah. I, go, yeah. and, I, and, and I save all my tape i use pro tools uh which was a longer game to get it's it's harder 
to learn and say logic and some and some of the other yeah. DAWs. Um, but I'm glad I did that. It's, it, it's, so I've had, the studio is 10 years old next year. So it's been about nearly 10 years that I've been on that whole journey. And I'm really glad that I stuck to Pro Tools um, because that means, you know, most of the producers that, that, um, that I'm talking to, they, as soon as you say I use Pro Tools, they're, they're like, oh, great. He yeah. sort of speaks our language, you know. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's all it's, that stuff. It just so happens I just love it. I, I, I know some guys, they just want to play the drums, and I totally get that. Yeah. Um, but even when I was doing sessions before any of this, I was fascinated by the mics and, you know, uh, you like we all do, you do a take and then you sit down yeah, and the producer and the engineer are there and you sit and you listen to your performance. I would also love to see what they're, what are they doing now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, does that, why does my snare, I know what my snare drum sounds like in there, but what are they doing to make it sound like that now? And, and the same things would come up, you know, the same compressors, same microphones would come up uh, each time. And, and, and I think I just made mental notes possibly, you know, because I always had in my mind that maybe I would actually get some sort of way to record. Um, and I remember saying to the guys at Trevor's studio, which is Psalm, which used to be the old Island records just off Port oh. Bella Road. Yeah. Uh, now it's now sadly is apartments. Um, Bob Marley recorded there and lived there for a little while. Um, but I remember saying to the engineers, you know, what's the biggest bummer about a drum session, you know, and they were like, well, it takes a long time to get a sound. And we, you know, it can take an, maybe an hour to get a good kit sound. And the track, you know, maybe an hour to record it or less. And then we break everything down. Hmm. And they were like, you know, what would be great if we could just leave the gear up and you can slowly tweak tweak the stuff, tweak the mics. They stay there and the, and the compressor you can and, – and that's what I've done. So that's one of the things I – sort of kind of noted and this this kit never moves and the microphones some of the mics haven't moved for nearly 10 years (laughs) you know wow yeah well that and that makes that i'm sure in the voice that's what it was too right your kit stayed there and and you you never it was just in place yeah i mean each each uh um section of the voice the the gear would stay but then it would eventually be so after the blinds it'd be broken down but then when we go back into the battles it would be there you know, for yeah, like a month or whatever, just not touched. Yeah. And it's the, it's definitely the best way because guys, you know, it, it, um, it's that constant, you know, sort of sound, uh, sculpturing in a way, you know, you're you're going back and you're going, Oh, maybe I'll take that little bit. And you can also, you can, you've got to be careful because you can over, engineer you can i really had that sound and now i've lost it that that's that often happens oh i need it i just want a bit more top eq out of this bass drum and then you lose the thing that you had it's like it's it's frustrating but um and i in fact that's the thing that i've learned most over the years is don't mess with it in fact i've got i've got session templates that say well can't say it if there's children watching but ash do not with this sound <laughs> because it's, it's, it works and don't mess yeah. with it. Leave it. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's, you know, I, to a much, much like a minuscule degree, I have the same, I've got a little setup here at home with these sure mics and my yeah. little zoom mixer. And I've, I've, I'm so glad you said that because I've done that. I've like, I've had this great bass drum sound, especially that's the the sound I'm always trying to really zero in on. And, and, you know, I've got the nice Vic Firth isolation headphones and, and I'll have this great sound dialed in and then I'll just go, but you know, if I could just get a little bit more bottom end or a little bit, and then whatever I've done, I've, I, and I can't get it back. I almost, you have to just start over again. Right. I mean, that's, or, or, or get a basic sort of come back to it and, but I can never get back to where I was. You know what I mean? It's, I know. it's, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And, and that's, that's like I say, that's one of the biggest things that I've sort of um, the sort of discipline of not when you've got something good, don't mess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, that's, and I guess that if you think about it in the old, in the, again, if I've got to call it the old blueprint of what we, we were asked to do as drummers before this whole change, that's definitely happening. Um, not just drummers, all musicians, you know, there's guitar players that are, that are remote and bass players that are remote and keyboard players. They're very, very fortunate that they, they just need one channel. Yeah. <laughs> or two yeah. Channels, stereo. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, we, the, the drawback with drummers is that, you know, we need multiple mics and that, and it's, it's an investment in time and money for people. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, but there's and, so and, many people that are jumping on it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got a couple of questions here too. Yeah. Um, I think it was Brian Keeling who asked, uh, favorite snare, top uh, top and bottom mic also yeah. kicks. I'm, I think he's asking, you mic the snare from top and bottom. And Yep. yep. So uh, on my main snare, uh, it's a uh, SM57, which is like the, 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 the most standard snare mic in in the world and yeah, actually yeah, very yeah. reasonably priced you know you yeah. can pick one up for about 100 bucks <clears throat> i guess uh, and you could put a, an yeah. sm57 top and bottom i've got on my main snare i have a 57 on top and then i've got an sm58 underneath oh okay. uh, the fatter okay. sound snare i've got a 58 underneath but i've got uh, an old 1970s sennheiser 421 on top which Ooh, is like an nice. old, one of those old if you, uh, I remember seeing a picture of uh, black big. Yes, yeah, although this, yeah, this yeah. one's a bit older, so it's that it's got the cream, the, oh, the yeah, cream okay, shell. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I remember seeing a picture of Picaro's kit head off the front. They had a, a NS10 speaker, which is what Russ Miller developed with Yamaha, which was then called he developed this thing called the subkick but it was an old an old idea which was take an ns10 speaker reverse the polarity which turns it into a sub microphone and yeah. i saw a picture of picaro's kit and it had one of those hanging and it had a an old 70s uh 421 inside and that was it and i'm thinking okay well i've got that i'm gonna give it a try and and it is it was an amazing sound and i i love those mics those the sennheiser 421s yeah brilliant. And again, you know, they're relatively reasonably priced sort of microphones. It's not going to break break the bank. But I was talking about this the other day uh, on another sort of podcast type thing. Um, what would you know? People ask, what would you recommend to to start the whole process? And and I I always say just maybe one or two mics like you're like you're doing. Mm -hmm. Get 
learn how that is, so how that feels, how that works, what you can get out of those two microphones, and then just slowly expand your, your horizons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read another question from Mark yeah. Ewell um, asking what it was about slave to the rhythm that made him want to often showcase his playing on that track. Well, I, Mark, I think I could probably answer that one for you, but I'll let Ash do it. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a great song and such an incredible yeah. um, showcase, but yeah, that, and I, well, I will say you, you played it when I saw you that, you know, in Frankfurt and it, that yeah. was unbelievable. unbelievable. Well, man, it's, 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 so it's a very special song to me. So obviously uh, I, I didn't play on that. I was at school when Trevor released, when that, re well, Grace Jones released it, but when Trevor recorded it, 86, 1986. Oh yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was released. And the drummer is Juju House, William Juju House. Mm. Um, but the reason it's, I, I remember I, I bought the record when it, when it came out when I was 16. Um, and I loved the feel. I didn't really understand what was going on. I was also in massively into trouble funk at, at the same time, which is that same sort of go-go type feel. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. That, that feel, you know, and Rototoms. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but they, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so from very early on that, that sort of feel, I was drawn to it, you know, and then I, and then years later, I find myself at Psalm Studios with, with Trevor Horn, Stephen Lipson, who's another uh, fantastic producer that works with Trevor and has gone on now, works with Hans Zimmer and does, I've done uh, movies with Steve, etc. Lol Cream from 10CC. And they wanted to basically to do a club gig, a little gig. And the, the, Keyboard player, a friend of mine, Chris Braid, said, We need we need a drummer for this band. I said, I said, who's in the band? He went, Trevor Horn, Lol Cream, Steve Lips. Oh my God. Um, and all they wanted to do really was they Trevor aspired and they and Lol, they just wanted to play songs that, that they'd either written or they were associated with. And, and of course, so we did some 10 10 CC stuff and um, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, etc. And Slave to the Rhythm came up and um, Trevor, you know, it's a, it's a cheeky groove. There's no question about it. And I yeah. think he'd, he'd always wanted to play it live. Um, and it was always the problem when it came to the, to the groove, it was it, wherever they tried it. Um, and it was like this sort of golden moment really. Um, Cause I loved that groove and I could play it. And I, I never forget Steve Lipson went to the loo, went to the toilet and I'm in, I'm in studio one and Trevor's just, he looks over the top of his glasses and he said, should we, um, should we try slave to the rhythm? I was like, yeah, sure. He said, okay. So I kind of carried it off and started playing the groove and his eyebrows just went boom, <laughs> through the roof. And he, he, he doesn't, I've never really heard Trevor swear before or since that. And Steve came back in the room and he said, he can, he can play the groove. <laughs> you know, he, he, he couldn't believe it that I actually, it, this is going to be great. We're going to actually be able to play this song. And in hindsight, I didn't think of it at the time, but really that was my audition. Yeah. To then work now for the last sort of almost 15, 20 years with Trevor. 
With Trevor, yeah, I was going to yeah, say. That was the moment really that made him, I didn't think of it, at the, like I say, at the time, but I think that was the defining moment where he went, okay, this guy has shown something that um, is going to be useful for him late, later. Yeah. And then, uh, and then sessions started to come and, and then and the rest is, you know, we've had a great, great relationship and still do, you know. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's that's a special. It's a very special time for me in, in a lot of ways. You know, I'd love, and, to, I'd love to meet Juju actually I'd, and talk to him about it. You know, I met him years and years ago. Um, yeah. Gosh, in the nineties, probably. Yeah. Had to be. Yeah. Which, yeah. Amazing. I mean, what a feel. And, and really yeah. it ultimately that that's his groove. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, he's a master it, at it and it's mega. Yeah, but I mean, but I, 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 with tremendous, tremendous respect to Juju, which, which he, as you say, deserves that and fully, you've made that yours as well. I mean, that you really, when you play that ass, you own it. So, uh, and I, if I remember correctly, that was like the sort of finale of, of your clinic, right? Of your presentation was, yeah. you didn't end it with that. And, and it was just like, I, you know, I was just struck by um, how much, and I know you'll take this the right way because you, you weren't copying Jeff Bacaro, but just how much you reminded me of Jeff and, and your approach and your feel. And uh, like, I, it, you know, a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys that, that sort of play like Jeff or you know, want to play like Jeff, but it was, it was definitely you, but there were elements that had that same, like uh, I felt moved the way that I feel when I, when I, yeah, I was like so moved. I mean, you know, uh, that's all we want as musicians is for people to to actually be touched by what we're doing. So it means yeah. a lot, man. And I remember at the time it really meant a lot because, you you know, you I remember you've, and that's what's beautiful about music, isn't it? You know, you, you, uh, yeah. it, when that happens, it's it's magic. When, you, when you're doing a thing, you know, I'm, I, I'm trying to play the groove to make people feel good. And, uh, and, and when you see it happen, it's like absolutely mission accomplished. You know, it's like you, you want it to feel good. You want people to be touched by that thing and it happens. And, 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 you know, getting back to Steve and Jeff and all of those absolute greats, you know, they have it every time they play, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure every time Gad touches the drums, He's somebody's being moved, an engineer, a producer, an artist, and then sure, when people yeah. listen back to it, you know. And, but and you so, as well, yeah. I mean, I I think I think the same goes with for you as well. When you know, whenever I, I if I if I see something you've put on the internet or, or when you played me those sent me those tracks to listen to, it's that it's that same kind of thing. It's 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 so special, and I and I, I you know, I, I I tend to go off on on this a lot when I do these with drummers you know and and uh, and I would never ever want anyone to think that I don't appreciate all these great drummers that have tremendous you know technical ability which you also have by the way you do have great you you sell yourself extremely short on your technical ability because you I I've heard it and I've seen you play it but um last week I was talking with Liberty DeVito and we were talking yeah. about playing fast and and uh and I hope anyone who saw that didn't take that as me criticizing guys that play fast. Cause th that's certainly something too. That's, that's yeah. very, you know, it's not only cool, but I mean, there, there are times when you want to be able to play some fast things, but yeah. um, 
and I guess I'm veering off, but what I'm getting at is that there's a there's a there's there's a really special something to to how you can connect with people with the way you make it feel. And it's and it's obvious because you're you're hired to you know to record for people because of that. So it's mate, bless you. You know, like I say, I'm yeah. still I'm still striving as well to try and become better at that. You know, and, and I, 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 be, I feel I've been very lucky in, in musical situations to sort of see great people playing and learning, learning from them. And, and most importantly, I think being aware that Summit Special is happening, even though, yeah. like when I was younger, I remember, you know, we, we all are impressed by, by technique, you know. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, interesting technical things but i i also remember thinking oh why is it that say steve Ferroni can play eighth notes and two and four or andy newmark is another one which i'm very 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 lucky to know andy and see him play when i was younger yeah and he's playing two and four and like one and three on the bass drum but it's like witchcraft it's, it's like magic. Like <laughs> I how, know what you mean. Yeah. How does that feel? So absolutely amazing. Yeah. And and if yeah. you write the thing down on a on a piece of paper, pretty much anyone can play those notes. But right. and that's the bit that I just oh, I wanted to really really try and and I'm still on it. I'm still trying to find out why do some people feel so amazing when they play something so simple um yeah. i think i remember you years uh, back back in the day i remember you saying to me it's in some respects it's actually harder to play less and make it mean something yeah. you know than 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 doing some amazing stuff you know the, i mean the technical ability of some of the drummers that are around in the, on this earth at the moment is, is absolutely terrifying yeah, it's astounding. I mean, I, yeah. You've never seen, you know. I'm, I'm old enough to to remember when some of this, when you know, when Dennis Chambers hit, and yeah. Weckl hit, and we were like, wow, these guys are. But it's it's gone somewhere else. I mean, it's 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 insane. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I was gonna I was gonna say that too. That I remember, you know, when when we all started getting double bass drum pedals and, and sort of, you know, if you didn't want to play two bass drums, you got a double pedal and, yeah. and people that started to sort of master the idea of playing double bass drums. And then it became a thing where every young hotshot that came along had that down, like out of the gate, like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? It, it was no longer even that it's still a special thing, but now I think it's, it's, I'll see these young players I sound like an old guy, but I'll see, you know, guys that have only been playing a few years, guys and gals that really have that down. Like it's almost, amazing. yeah, it's amazing. It's, I guess it's quite interesting how people's focus is, is, is sort of changed that people can get stuff down, yeah. you know, I, cause I, I think about, so Delamitri that you mentioned earlier, my, one of yeah. the main reasons that I got that gig is in the early nineties is that I was comfortable with a click and there were still guys in the UK anyway, that, that didn't feel so comfortable playing with a click live, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but now everyone can play to a click. Yeah. Inter- yeah. It's like, okay. And in, in fact, now there's a new phenomena that I've, uh, that I've seen a couple of times. Now people can't play without one. 
How about it's, that? It's a, it's a crutch for people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they need that. And they can't, they haven't got like a, the old school thing, which, you know, all the older guys have, which is like, oh no, you just, you're, you're the time really. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Um, and you must have a sense of that. But now people don't need a sense of it because it's there. Because it's there's, there. it's interesting. It's there, I, I, it's there yeah. every time. It's there on every session. It's there on every live gig. Yeah. You know, and I, I've, I, I've, I've, sorry, John, I, I just feel very, no, very no, blessed. No. I've, I've worked with, with older generation musicians like Hamish Stewart and stuff where it, it's it, traditional, you count the band off and, and then it's got to feel good and you've got to hang in there yeah. with, the, with the vibe. Anyway, sorry. No, no, that's okay. I was, this is, this is about you. It's not about me, but I, I was just going to say that I, I found myself at times um, using it as a, as a uh, bit of a crutch on gigs yeah. where I, I had this little, this metronome app on my phone yeah. and I would, I would use it just to help me, you know, get at least start the tune at the right tempo. Yeah. And oftentimes I'd either shut it off or I just wouldn't look at it anymore. It's like a, you know, red light flashing kind of thing. Yeah. And one of my bandmates one night said that to me. Um, I forget what the circumstance was. Uh, Paul Candelori said something like, he said, you don't need it, man. Don't worry about it. He said, you know, you don't, you don't want to start relying on that. I said, you know, the, the problem that I have sometimes is, and, and I would love to know what you think about this, Ash, on a live gig where you've just played a really up-tempo song. And I, I, it, I think it's a normal thing for us drummers is you've, you've just finished a song that's, you know, maybe 132 beats per minute. Yeah. And then you're going to do a mid-tempo tune. Yeah. And you're just, you're, your tendency is just to, to just want to count it fast, you know, because yeah. you're, you're revved up. So I'd, I'd kind of use that to keep me honest. Yeah. But I found that I was, I was starting to get a little bit freaked out if I didn't have it, if I didn't, if I, if I couldn't set it for like, okay, what's, and I go, well, I know, I know what the tempo of this song is, you know, and I had to just, as you say, you know, it, it, it's easy to use that as a crutch, but I'd start going, wait a minute, I've played this song a thousand times and I yeah. know really you know, what the tempo is yeah you know the tempo and it's yeah. you know i think uh, which drummer said to me years ago um but they said if you know in in an in a instance like that sing the song yes and yes lyrically does it scan comfortably in your head yes okay count it in <laughs> yeah. you know it's as simple as that really but it's interesting you know that 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 tempo sort of like I get what could you call it I don't I remember Keltner I don't know how true this is but he talks about he won't have a Mars he won't have a chocolate bar because it upsets his uh internal clock and I mean I, I've never been that sensitive I, I, I don't yeah. think anyway but but I have experienced that thing that you're talking about on a gig where I've got a click but no one else in the band has which often happens right yeah yeah so um you know, the band are just playing to you, you count them off and they're playing to you like normal, but you have a metronome because there might be stuff on track. There might be some strings or, well, it depends with pop music nowadays, everything on track yeah, <laughs> and yeah. video getting triggered. <laughs> uh, and you're just sort of almost miming. But I remember, I can't remember which band it was, but the singer said, it's it's too slow, that tune. I'm like, no, that's, that, that's, that's the correct tempo. Yeah, and there were a couple of nights going, and, and I remember the singer saying, "Slow, slow." It's like, <laughs> it's exactly the tempo. It's just that 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 singer 
was excited in that tune before. The, literally, the metabolism is up, the heartbeat's going, adrenaline's pumping, and this tempo now feels back. But it isn't. It's absolutely spot on, and it's like it's not lying. You know. Yeah. The metronome doesn't lie. Um, I never, I never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. I, I've experienced exactly exactly what you're talking about in in my band. I'm the only one that uses it, so it's it, because yeah. we're we're just no one's we're not playing with any sequencers or anything. And and it's a it's a, a funny running joke in my band where one of the guitar players, Paul Gianelli, likes everything a little bit faster than if it's if if the tempo of the tune is like 118, he likes it around 120. He likes it just a little ahead you know a little on, on top and neil our singer neil porter likes everything maybe a little behind so we'll start a tune and i'll and i'll start it at the right tempo and neil will and i'll look over to paul and paul will go to me pick it up pick it up and I'll, and, I'll, and neil will turn around look at me he'll look at me like with this like like almost like he's sensing that i'm i'm and i'm not even speeding it up he'll be going like Take it, take it. You know, it's like you're just being needled by another yeah. musician. I oh, know it, it's it's fascinating, and and you know, and actually, you described that the 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 hell that drummers can go through. Yes, you know, it, it's what's that great gag? The drummer is when he, he's he's playing, he's auditioning for a band, and he's like, um, "So, do you want me to speed up or slow down on this one?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh. amazing. Yes. Yeah. What a thing. Uh, and But it is fascinating, you know, getting back to what we were saying about, you know, people's time, people's sort of metronomic sense of time is, is, is definitely, it's, it's better, you know, like I, yeah. I think most pop music, nearly everything that I do is clicked. Pretty much everything, like, especially on TV show, everything is clicked within yeah. an inch of its life because it's got to fit before yeah that. sure <laughs> you know um although what's interesting i did that seth meyers tv show right. and the intro and the outro themes were clicked but everything else wasn't um which i was astounded but i think what the reason that, that they don't do that is they want to <laughs> keep the excitement of a live band i see yeah uh, yeah you've got a better chance if there's no click, it's going to keep people on their toes, you know, but <laughs> it's interesting. I think you know, pop music, pretty much modern pop music, everything is, is, is clicked. And I think even punters, you know, even people that are listening to, to the music that aren't musicians, I think even their um, sense of time is, is better over the years. I think people know when yeah. stuff's speeding up, and they're not—they don't, you know—they don't know what that is. You know, they know if things are moving. I'm, I'm pretty I, sure of it. You know, I think you're right. I think you're right because now I, I see—it's interesting. I see little comments from people um, on on—it's uh, going to sound silly, but like if you go into a, a, a forum where they're talking about a live such and such record, and and people that are obviously punters—they're not musicians—they're saying, "Yeah, but that that version of." of whatever was faster than it was too fast or something, which you, it, I feel like you never really heard that before. You never yeah. heard people commenting like that. Yeah. They go, yeah, it's a great version of that song live, but it's, I, it was a little, you know, now people are a little exactly. more critical. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, it, yeah. It's sensitive to the, to, to time moving. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. But I guess, you know, Darwin would say that's, you know, that's what happens. Evolution. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and I just have to say, Neil Porter happens in, in uh, I don't know if Paul Ginelli is watching. Neil Porter happens to be watching the singer in, in my band. Yeah. Grand Theft Audio for all of you at home. And he laughed at that comment, but he, he, he really does have, you know, he really does have good time. I mean, there are a lot of songs that he starts on his own and I'll just give him yeah. a little count. And he's, he's, he's very reliable when it comes to that stuff. So Neil, I, I just, it's, it's a, it's a running joke that we have in the band where Paul G always wants everything a little bit faster, yeah. you know, and Neil well, wants it. it. I mean, right. this is the, this is the dilemma of all drummers. Yeah. On a, um, you know, I guess very rarely are you going to get a band where everyone's, you know, pockets so, so perfect that you don't have to worry about it. You know, um, I remember, you remember you turned me on a few years back to those two lads that uh, they called the drum brothers. Yes. Yeah, sure. Alessandro oh, and yeah. 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 So early on, they, they, Steve did that whole thing with the pizza. Yeah. Remember that? I do. I was, yeah. But, he, that was my idea. Was it? It was, well, yeah. It was fantastic. But I also remember one of the best ever things. They asked him, they said, what's groove? And I'm like, this is going to be excellent. I'm going to yeah. sit here. And I cannot wait. And Steve was his, you know, he's fantastic. Took his time. I think uh, groove is, and he's like, please, come on, just tell us. We all want to know from you. <laughs> And yeah. uh, he just said, it's an agreement. And I thought, wow. He said, you know, it's when everybody is in agreement in the band that, you know, this is where the downbeat is. This is where it feels we're all agree that it feels the one is here. This is what it, this is what it should feel like. He said, when everyone is in agreement, then it starts grooving. And I thought, what a fantastic way of describing it. You know, it was so beautiful. I, I should find that clip actually and put it on my Instagram because it was, it was so brilliant. I thought, you know, I, I remember that too, Ash. And I, I don't, I think if someone, if they'd asked me that, I probably wouldn't have said that. I don't know what I would have said. I, I would have been thinking about me, which is wrong. And that's, that's the beauty of Steve Gadd is he, he, well, yeah, he immediately brought it into, it's, he's so exactly perfectly Right. That it's, yeah. And, and I know you agree too. It's, it's like, it's an agreement. It's every, a groove isn't a groove unless everybody's grooving. I mean, you and I could groove all day, but if, if the bass player isn't feeling yeah. it with me and you and yeah, it's. I, and it was so, uh, so just so eloquently, perfectly put, you know, it's like one of his fantastic fills that contains hardly any notes, but everybody's leaping in the air, you know, yeah, just, just yeah. like that. But, you know, so fantastic. Well, I'm, talking gonna find, I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna chop that little section and stick it out because I think you know the kids should see it. <laughs> they sh absolutely should see it. And I, I probably still have um a way to contact Alessandro. So if yeah. you, if you have any trouble, let me know and I'll I'll, I'll yeah. send him a little note and I'm sure it's there in the YouTube mass, yeah. you know. Ethernet, yeah. So <laughs> talking about Steve and yeah. and you and we mentioned Jeff earlier. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. guessing they were I know you had a lot of influences, but they I, they had to have played a pretty big part in your sort of early vocabulary anyway, as far as uh, like enormous, your... Absolutely enormous. Beccaro, yeah. the, the half-time shuffle thing, you know, we've talked yeah. about before, but I remember hearing it. In fact, I saw uh, an, an old drum teacher of mine, Dave Hassel, he taught me in Manchester 
But before Dave, I had a, a teacher in Shropshire where I grew up in England. And I remember hearing Rosanna. And I think it was 1984 I heard it. So I would have been 14. And I remember, like, and I was, I've been playing drums about four or five years by that point. Mm, okay. And I remember, and I remember like, thinking, yeah. like, what, what is that? What yeah. is that thing? I'd never heard anything like it. And I remember my drum teacher at the time, even he couldn't explain it to me. You know, and of course, this was well before the internet. You can't just go halftime shuffle, bam, and then there's 300 guys on YouTube, me included, that <laughs> are explaining it. Um, you know, you and especially in England, it was like, okay, you've got to try and figure out what's going on yourself yeah. by yeah. rewinding and listening. And like, and at first, I thought he was playing all the notes with one hand. I was like, that yeah. can't be possible. Um, you know the the snare drum grace note and the hi hat frequency wires are similar on my old stereo. It sounded like yeah. it's going. Um, and eventually, I think about a year later, someone showed me a modern drummer magazine and someone had transcribed it. And I was like, wow, that's what he's doing. Okay. So you could read I, and, and not to jump away from what we're talking about, but I was going to ask you, so you, you had studied, you, you could, you could, you saw a transcript and you were able to look at it and see what it was. I could see that and I could certainly figure out, oh, he's, okay, yeah. I get it. Yeah. You know, the, the one and the three and the, the little grace note in the middle. Um, and yeah, my, my reading was, you know, uh, not great, but I could understand what I was looking at. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then trying to learn it. And then, like I said, I'm 52 this year and I'm still trying to get it good. <laughs> that oh man, come on. I, I, so I have to tell you, so when I, jumping back, when, when that record came out, Toto 4 yeah. came out actually in 82, yeah. you were you were a young lad. Um, yeah. Two years before that, Led Zeppelin, um, In Through the Outdoor with Fool in the Rain, yeah. comes out. John Bonham's playing, you know, Fool in the Rain. Yeah. That, that first time I heard that, and probably the 101st time I heard it, that <laughs> same week after I bought the album, I had not a clue on how to play it. I just couldn't. The idea of doing what he was doing, um, it just was so foreign to me. And I could play a little bit of a shuffle. I was 19 years old, almost 20 years old at that point. I'd been playing about since I was 11 or 12. So I, you know, I was in a band and we were playing all the time. And I remember I would, I would sit there and try to play that, but it just seemed so foreign. And then when I heard Rosanna two years later, I realized, I, I read somewhere, Jeff had said he got the idea from, from John Bonham and from Bernard Purdy. To come up with Rosanna, and somehow hearing Jeff play Rosanna made a little more sense, maybe because I was a little older. Yeah. But to your point, though, I, and what I'm getting at is that it was the ghost notes on the snare drum that I wasn't hearing initially, and so yeah. I was hearing, I was playing the halftime shuffle, but still feeling like it wasn't connecting. And and then yeah. when I a friend who really broke it down said, "No, you've got to play these ghost notes with the yeah. snare drum," and and I I actually had it for a little while, and then I I never really got it perfect my son actually can play the shit out of it <laughs> he really can he can sit down and, and he, when i had greg bissonette a quick funny story when back in the 90s 1994 greg did a clinic did a clinic in boston and uh, my son was seven years old and I, I brought him to the clinic and and he got up and played the rosanna shuffle on my on word. greg's yeah it was it was a, a proud moment as a dad you know so <laughs> so greg 
when we did one of these uh, a few months ago, he said um, he he had I had my son come on now at age thirty three and and play it. <laughs> it was a fun moment, but anyway, I, I I popped in on that one. I saw a little bit. I didn't see that moment, but I you know I try and pop in on these because I love I love these your you know your your drum room hangs. It's oh. so fantastic, great. Well, this- I mean, what again? What a master of many many styles and feels and uh, you know and i you know i aspire to someone like that too to be able to to be able to sort of confidently feel comfortable playing different genres um you know it, it that's a that's a thing too that's another whole world yeah it? you know yeah but yeah you so know, jeff for, for sure yeah gad definitely but i also i'm uh, very early on i got stuart copeland uh, he the sort of the energy of Stuart hit me, you know, yeah, yeah. like it does everybody, you know. And Absolutely. It, and I think it actually physically did hit Sting a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I love Stuart's playing and, and you know, it, just the energy of that that fellow. And I've been very fortunate enough to meet him with, with, with Trevor. Um, in fact, about four or five years ago, we did a gig with Lowell again, you know, Log Cream, Trevor and, and uh, Steve Lipson. And we were playing a festival, a summer festival. And I noticed on the list, it was a uh, message in a bottle. And I said, oh, cool. We're doing that on the set list, you know. Yeah. And Trevor said, well, you're not. I said, oh, who's doing it? He said, Stuart. I went, Stuart who? <laughs> he went, Stuart Copeland. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and Stuart, we, Seal was doing some gigs with us. Uh, we did like a sort of handful of festivals and Sealwood was a guest and so was Stuart and he came on and did uh, Message in a Bottle. Oh my um, gosh. For like, I think we did like two or three shows. Um, but I'll never forget when he came into the room when we were rehearsing, it was like a, like a comet, you know, like yeah. a ball of energy. Um and everybody in the room, there's probably must be about 15 people in the room, instantly all the focus was on this, this tirade of energy that came in. And then he gets on the drums and it's the same. It's like, of course, yeah. you know, yeah, it's exactly, know. he plays exactly like his personality. And, you know, and I've said it funny enough about Steve, when I've been fortunate to meet him a couple of times and he's always been very giving and gentle person and very open to what's going on. And then funny enough, when he plays the drums, hey, presto, it's the same thing. It's yeah, very yeah. giving musically. He's very open with the way that he approaches music. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, Stuart, with that, I, you know, I, I love him dearly as a bloke. I mean, it's just brilliant fella. I'd That's, imagine yeah, yeah. him and Keith Moon, if they got together, there would be some sort of nuclear reactor. <laughs> I think <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Off, you know, because uh, from what I understand about Keith, he was the same, you know, like yeah, effervescent personality. It would be like two meteors crashing into each other, you know, you just like the amount of atomic energy. Yeah. 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 I know. I did meet him. I mean, there's a possibility he could have done. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've met Stuart a couple of times. I, I, I don't know him, but he, he's, you know, I, I'm just, I, I remember being the first time and probably the second or third time we sat next to each other at one of these guitar center, uh, judging the guitar center finals about 20 something years ago. And I just remember I, I said a couple of things to him and I thought, okay, I'm going to just shut up. Cause I'm going to sound like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just looking for an excuse to chat with him, you know? 
<laughs> he was like, he was very focused and I'm, I'm going, so, uh, know any good sushi places around? I don't know. Like, you know, just trying to make conversation with him, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of his. Oh uh, yeah. Um, oh, such a man. dude. What was also remarkable about him too, actually, is that he had to play my drums. So Stuart's, yeah. I think six, four. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he sat on my drums and also my kits detuned and like, this right. Thing. Whole different. Yeah. Uh, but he just sat on my drums and he sounded like Stuart Copeland uh, uh, immediately. Yeah. And you yeah. just go, wow. I, you know, I think that's one of the things that I miss about this whole world of, of technique playing is that people's voices have gone there. There aren't, and maybe I'm not skilled enough to hear the difference between the, the sort of plethora of notes really, but that's what I miss is the characters, mm. you know, like, 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 you know, Stuart, I mean, three or four notes on the hi-hat Copeland. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, but, but, you know, one of the things I think, you know, with this, the, the speed stuff that, that's going on, I think kits have to be tuned a certain way for you to accomplish those, let that level of technique. So if the right. kit is tuned a certain way, Everyone's tuning the kits, I guess, the similar way to get the the sort of um, like rebound or, or the rebound or, and the sort of level of sport that you need yeah, to get yeah. to get that out of your drums. But then all of a sudden, everyone sounds they they sounds the same or very similar. So I, I agree. Much, yeah. It's much trickier to 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 hear individual voices. I think through through all that, and that's yeah. the thing that yeah. I, I that I hope comes back round again. That you get a guy that has done something wacky to his drums or is, or is himself a wacky personality that it, it, it comes, their voice comes through the kit, you know, I, yeah, I, really, yeah. I try and if I meet younger drummers, I'm, I definitely tell them about Stuart and, and people like that, that you should also aspire to be a voice, you know? And he's a great example of a guy that, that, as you said, he, he came in with an, an entirely different voice from anybody, yeah. let alone his style, which was entirely different from anybody. And yeah. I, I remember the first time hearing Roxanne in 1977 or 78. And it was just like it 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 flipped everybody yeah. on their on their ear. Like, what is he playing? What is he doing? You know? Yeah. And and it's just he just kept going from there. And like you say, it I I, I can totally relate to what you're saying as far as I could hear him play the hi-hat and, and the cross stick, like yeah. two, two beats and no instantly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the it's, thing. It's, and, you know, again, you know, I'm still trying to get that, that thing. And I think, we're, you know, most musicians are aspiring to be, to try and find that, that sound that you've got or feel that you've got. And it's, you've got, as in, you've got it in you, you're trying to dig it up and find it and yeah. that, it, that it sticks. <laughs> Well, I think you've got it, Ash. I do. I think you've got it. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I definitely feel uh, that I've achieved, and, and I feel very, very happy with what's the way my career sort of, you know, laid out. And, I, and I'm, you know, work still seems to be coming. I'm very, 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 very happy with my lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and you and you and you deserve all the 
success that's coming your way too. I mean, you've certainly paid your dues. I had, I had a couple of things I was going to quickly yeah. um, talk about too. And then, cause I know we're, we're running on some time, but I want to say hello to Dave Phillips. Who's watching. He says hello to, to you and me. Ah, Mr. Phillips, you're, he's on holiday down in the, on the South coast of England. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, hello, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you got a, he's asking, do I have a Gretsch broadcaster? No, I don't. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I don't. I don't. I have just these these old, you know, dilapidated drums from the 60s and 70s that you know, seem to be okay, but uh, it's just, I mean, they barely work. They barely work. <laughs> no, but I, I, I've, I've thought about getting um, a broadcaster set. And Jerome Marcus says, big, big up, Ash. Oh, Jerome. Good to, see, good to see so many guys in the UK watching. And Sam Broad just made a comment that he loves my jacket and shirt. So I'm, I'm showing love yeah. for my friends. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That, that's pretty much two of the biggest to come out of there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of if, if I had a who hat or a Led Zeppelin. Yeah, exactly. Headband or something. <laughs> I've actually got a badge that when I see you, uh, I will pass over. Oh yes, thank you. Okay. Well, I, I but I, I can't accept that. That's that's. <laughs> I'll, I'll just touch it for luck. <laughs> but but again, I was going What a voice that fella had. Has. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I was just going to, you know, you made me think of something and it, it might be kind of a funny thing for people to hear about when you're talking about Jeff and, and, um, and you know, his voice and his and, and sort of the way he approached things. You're yeah. talking about miking the bass drum. When I worked for DW, I got to know Jeff a little bit. And I remember at one point um, we, had, we had come out with a, uh, an improvement for the linkage system on the double bass drum pedal. Um, Don Lombardi you know, who was still the, owns the company, of course, but at yeah. that time he was, he was like designing all these, you know, new and improved things. And that was a, a big improvement on the linkage system. And Jeff didn't have a double pedal uh, at that time right. or I, yeah. or ever, I think. Yeah. So I was on the phone with him about something and I said, Oh, by the way, you know, we've, we've, and I just kind of thought maybe he just didn't want to deal with the fact that the linkage was not that happening before. So, you know, we've got this new linkage system, and, you know, I could I could send you a double pedal or I could bring it down to to where you guys rehearse or, you know, to your house some night. And he just started laughing. He said, oh, no, man. You know, that voice He's like, oh, no, man. He said, you kidding me? I, I can't I, I can I forget exactly. But he said I can barely play eighth notes with my left foot on the hi hat. <laughs> like he was he was totally being modest. And, and he's like. I can I can barely like get my left foot to play like eighth notes. Um, forget forget the double pedal, man. That's not my yeah. scene, you know. Yeah, and and I I so respected that. Like, yeah, he was just like, that's cool, man. That's that's for other guys, but not for me, you know. And and uh, it's I've yeah. I've heard similar stories about Jeff about that. Yeah, um, and and I think that's probably one of the reasons why he was so great really is because he was always um striving to be better and, and and it's not like he i don't think it's not like a sort of british thing where he's putting himself down continually you know yeah. which you know, that people definitely do that in the in the uk they're sort of like oh i'm, I'm rubbish I'm, <laughs> but um i think he gen genuinely knew his weaknesses and therefore his strengths were, were much stronger yeah. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, I think for me, a, a, a definite moment in my life was when I realized that that I wasn't so good at some things, but when I realized, oh, but I am actually all right at this. <laughs> when I realized that, then things started to happen for me. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. When I realized that I I, I felt comfortable playing simpler. And I, and I felt comfortable playing songs. That's when, you know, when I sort of almost accepted uh, what kind of a musician I was, uh, it got better. So I hear it uh, from yeah. what you're saying, you know. Um, and probably I'm guessing. I've never played double bass drum pedal. I've got, I've got one now, but I play an auxiliary kick, but I've never, ever done that thing. I've never yeah. been able to, never really wanted to do it. But um, it's interesting, yeah. It's a commitment. I mean, I I did it in the in the early eighties, yeah. Um, when when I went through this sort of Terry Bozio, um, you know, um, Simon, you know, had all these guys influencing me that that played all that stuff, and and yeah. I got it a little bit. But then I I kind of realized, like you, I mean, it wasn't really my, really ultimately my scene. So I kind of went back to. But I was just going to say, in your case, I, I'm guessing too that you when you said you you realized. Um, whether it was your limitations or just playing simpler, I'm also guessing that you had a like a, an affirmation from the people that you were playing with too. Like you probably saw that, you know, you got affirmation from people saying, man, that, you know, I love playing with you. You sound, you know, you, you make the band sound great. You make the song sound, sound great. You know, it's, and, and I think that's a huge part of it too, where you, 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 you start to look at, like you say, all the, the positives and less yeah. of the negatives and you go absolutely that yeah and, and, and a big one for me was was singers that's what it was really that yeah. sing enjoyed having me i mean i'm talking like way back when it, this is like way before any singers that are famous i'm talking about playing in clubs that yeah. i would get yeah. rebooked with singers that were um in cover bands and they and they would ask for me and i'm thinking that's interesting they want me to do it um I wonder why that is, and then it started. Then I started to realize, oh, they they enjoy my drumming because I'm I'm well, like like Ringo so fantastically put you know, that story when uh, someone said, oh, you know, you're one of the greatest. Why is it that you're one of the greatest uh, song drummers in in the world? And he said, well, you know, I'd only do a drum fill when they stop singing. <laughs> I'd never heard that, but that's perfect. And it's, it's an absolute nugget of gold, really. Yes, think, about yes. it, think about it from a singer's perspective. Like, right. don't feel when I'm when I'm when I'm singing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that was, you know, that was that was where I was coming from. And when I realised, oh no, some of these people are booking me because I'm supporting them a bit, you know, maybe, and I'm not I'm not trying out my new lick. Yeah, yeah. in that verse when they're trying to connect <laughs> or whatever. You know? I know. It, and and then I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, this is a thing I'm going to pursue, you know, song playing. Yeah, yeah. And doesn't it seem so simple, Ash? That that like you like what Ringo said and what you're saying, you know, like not playing a fill when, when the singer's singing. singing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. such a beautiful, brilliant, <laughs> brilliantly put. I'd only do a drunken when they stop. <laughs> so so magic. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's great. Well, I, I mean, this this has been so fantastic, and I and I, I oh, knew the time was going to fly by. Oh no, thank you. I, I thank you. I'm, I'm I know it's running on an hour and a half now, so sorry it's a little longer than we thought. But oh no, no, it's been a joy. Great, great. Well, so anybody watching, if you if you don't already know, you can find Ash on 
He has a Facebook page, um, Ash Stone, just as yeah. Ash Stone drummer, Ash Stone. Yeah, that, yeah, it's like a yeah. musician page. Yeah, yeah, musician page. Like it, follow it on Instagram, um, YouTube page. I just subscribed to today. I don't know why I haven't before, but yeah. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm on that. Yeah, it's absolutely. all the same nonsense on all the platforms, but <laughs> <laughs> you no. Know. It's great. And, you know, and the, the, we talked about this earlier and, and I'll just say it again. The, the, the best thing about it is that the quality of the videos that you that you put up on these pages is, is like it's that's, you know, that's where I'm coming from now. Like I'm, I'm just I, I'm listening to just all the nuance and you can hear all the, you know, all the sounds so well. It's it's fantastic. Well, yeah, thank the, you. The quality and, and, and that's one of the things, again, you know, getting back to what we were talking about before, really which was, wouldn't it be great when you're on a session if you're playing a halftime shuffle and, and you can actually hear all those grace notes like you want to hear them? So that's yeah. that, again, to reiterate, that's another reason why I really love this working space is because I can go, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to, the groove has got this going on. I want to make sure that people feel it and, and hear it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a very powerful position to be in when you when you start getting your head around engineering yeah yeah i i, I know i know i mean i know from from knowing dave weckel and simon phillips that, yeah. well, that dave it's, it's a, has always done it hasn't he yeah yeah and simon too you know it's, it's yeah. and it's a and it's a huge like you say a huge commitment separate from from playing the drums i mean like you said yeah. it's that it's the not just even financial but just like learning about the gear and yeah. understanding microphones and compressors and 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 all the you know mic and and you know mixers and yeah yeah whole other world uh, yeah and I, and you know i get it you know some guys are like nah i just i just want to play the drums and that and that you know hopefully soon we'll get back to that where people will just be hired and they'll go into studios and it'll be yeah. it'll be back to normal you know yeah i hope so well yes thank you so much don't don't go away because i'll, okay. I'll we'll say goodbye in the in the chat room but yeah. thanks for watching everybody this has been uh, so much fun yard you did come in late but you can rewind it and watch it it was great and we we mentioned your name a few times yard 